Good day. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. Okay. That kind of day? I'm allergy blues. Oh. It's it's that time of year for me and it it's kicking my butt right now. Like I've uh I'm on like day six of headache. Uh, my throat is itchy. I just want to put a, like a bottle scrubber down my throat and, oh, that's how I feel. Oh, well, that's no good. (laughs) No. And I've eaten so many weird things today, like really spicy things trying to, I don't know what the heck I'm trying to do. And, um, for supper, I had, uh, Monty made, uh, pork roast and he made it with a lot of spice and after that I could barely feel my lips it was burning so I just had some yogurt oh just yeah. to help my, make it like um take the edge off yeah it it was burning and I looked at him and he goes oh my goodness this is really hot I'm like yeah. <laughs> you're trying to kill us oh that's fun I, yeah. it, you so know, if I sound nasally. <laughs> well, so on that note, I, I have year round allergies. Like I have a yeah, lot of allergy issues. I just struggle. So I know the struggle, like when they hit hard, how frustrating it is. And then yeah. when it comes to spicy food, like I, I, I do like spicy food, but I kind of go through waves on how mm-hmm. often I have it or when I eat it. So if you're out of practice, let's just say it can it can annihilate you (laughs) well we eat a lot of spicy foods um but today is just not a good day for it um because i've eaten so much spicy food today alone that you're just activated yeah activated (laughs) so i was like okay okay i'm going upstairs to do a podcast and hopefully well, my voice doesn't sound as bad as I feel. No, no, you sound fine. And on that note, uh, I'm Shauna. This is, I am talking to Angie. <laughs> and uh, I'm in Winnipeg. She's in Calgary. This is our episode five of Let's Talk More podcast. Um, and we're going to actually, what we've been doing is our Let's Talk More podcast is kind of uh, our way of reconnecting Angie and I go way back we like we always stay in touch but we're kind of always seem to be like-minded and like to have projects and things to do and with the the world and the change in the world uh, we've kind of reconnected with a a, something we could do from afar because we're in two different places Um, and this podcast is to talk about a whole lot of different things And our first topic has been the TV, or sorry, Netflix series by Shonda Rhimes called Inventing Anna. So we're, we've both binge watched it, uh, but we're breaking it down episode by episode. So even though our show is episode five, we're heading into breaking down episode four of Inventing Anna. Um, I believe it was called A Wolf in Chick Clothing. Yep. Yeah, so... Um, this episode, she, um, she had her, it kind of broke down, uh, the sites that she had on her, the property that she wanted to, to acquire for this, um, 
Emma Delby Foundation. This this was her her project, her baby, her everything to kind of break in to the New York scene. Uh, and it was 281 Park Ave. Um, and then with that, the the reporters, so Vivian and her team, kind of are talking about her and the story. And that's kind of how this episode goes. And they really break down Alan Reed and who he is. So it was, it's quite interesting. It, uh, it it was very interesting because not only did she change her look completely, she went from the cute little baby doll dresses, blonde hair, and she was adorable, where she changed the color of her hair to a reddish tone. She wore these big, thick, black horn-rimmed glasses. She changed her style of clothing and it it worked for her yeah and that kind of came about so they've alluded to this a few times in previous episodes as they were doing flashbacks into these interviews with other people so when vivian was interviewing people and it was kind of you know her boyfriend chase was like that's what you're gonna wear or it was alluded to that you know oh you're gonna go to a business like she always looked good she was always the high fashion but when she started breaking into this business world, like this Wall Street world, Alan Reed's really the one that made her change her mind or made her think differently. Well, and I shouldn't say necessarily Alan Reed. Wall Street did. So as you said, so in this episode, she goes and meets, she's got all of these high names in her corner. She started networking. She started meeting the people and making the circle that she needed because then she would start name dropping to continue to get further in the, in this financing game. Um, Cause at first nobody wanted to touch her or talk to her about Anna Delvey foundation until she started name dropping with this high society. So she gets, she gets people. Um, there's a bunch of names. I haven't done a lot of research on them. I'm not into this uh, sort of thing, but Basically, there's this Gabriella Calatrava, who's the architect that she's working with. The fa- her father uh, created or uh, designed World Trade Center. There's this Andre Balage. Uh, he's a hotelier, I believe. Richie Nadar, which is the Nobu restaurant. So she's got these high, highfalutin, <laughs> if that's a thing, these high names. And then she gets in. Somebody kind of drops her name to this gentleman named Alan Reed, and he's with one of the finance companies, like big time. He's huge. So she goes to see him and pitches him, and he just he just kind of discards her. Didn't give her time of day. It was like, and she kind of, it looked like she went in prepared, but not quite enough. And she had the drive, and she was a little like discouraged but that was in her you know cutesy blonde and the the reference from some of the other interviews Vivian does as they snap back one of the females alluded to that you know her boobs would be out or you know um she's just this 25 year old with no experience wishing for 40 million dollars because that's what they've decided that when she's looking at the building with her real estate agent 
with the restaurant guy, with the architect and, and pitching what she sees and that she wants this property, they decide, so this building, 281 Park Ave, is, the lease is $4 million a year. So with all of the renos and everything else that they need to do, they decide this number of, that she needs to get financed for $40 million. And they keep alluding to this $60, $65 million trust fund that she has in Germany that she can't touch. She doesn't have any American money. She doesn't have any background, no, no foot to step on. Is that the saying? Anyways. <laughs> so she, go on. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. I just, I wrote so many notes about this one because her relationship and how she got into Alan Reed's ear to me was fascinating because once she got Alan Reed on board, and she did manage to swindle him. Um, she got in his head. She changed her look. And then she kind of used his daughter against him to make that happen. And he was a rigid, they show him as this very rigid man. Like him and his wife had a very like separate lives in the same house. They were, you know, setting different alarm clocks. Um, he's rigid, like he'd wear very specific clothing follow a very spe specific breakfast and schedule and do his thing. And always in the elite when he was out, like, you know, with uh, his fitness and whatnot. But then I'll kind of circle it around. She wins him over, but she does it in one way by saying, like, if your daughter were in these shoes, she's like, I, I am genius. I have the pitch. I know what to do. I've done everything you've told me to come back prepared for you. And you guys are in this man's world. And how, how will it be for you if your daughter was treated this way? And it, he nibbled. And that's all she needed. And then she just ran with it. She made him feel a certain sort of way. That he started engaging with his wife more. He started going to her parties. He was fascinated by her. And he over he, he would come back and realize, oh, I don't have the retainer yet. Or I don't have this. And then she would always dip in again. Like, well, my so-and-so, what's his name? The finance the guy that she pretended Henicle, to be. Henicle? Oh, I can't pronounce his name. I wrote it down. Hen Henkel? Yes. I wrote it down. Mm. Anyways, she totally. Peter Hennick. Yeah, thank you. So she, the, Vivian alludes or outright tells Alan Reed this at the end, because again, most of this episode is him in reliving the moments and not really having the interview with Vivian, but Vivian kind of going back to him and saying like, there was no Peter. She had a burner phone with a SIM card and you were talking to her. So how did you let yourself go all this time and get bought into this situation uh, with no retainer and 200 billable hours and he was just he was swayed by her to the point where like he he told his daughter he was cutting her off like along with his wife obviously because Anna's like well my father had to cut me off once there was just little innuendos along the way and he he just he was in it he was in it so deep that he was representing her to like these huge banks and playing them against each other to the point where she was probably going to get that 40 million. Like they were close. And 
he had one of the banks apologizing to her and just depositing like I think it was two million dollars. No, or two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. Um just to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry we we ruined our relationship with you. Please give us another chance. We want your business. It, it was unreal. Like she broke through the boys club as a 25 year old and she did it um, by kind of just, she told Vivian, she's like, nobody had an idea like mine. Gen- being a genius is rare. She's like, New York is swimming in the money, but talent's hard to find. And she just kept persisting and persisting in every which way she could to leverage her way into it. Also, she told Vivian after Vivian said, did you not feel bad about defrauding Alan? And she was like, no matter, it doesn't matter because men fail and still earn promotions all at the same time, which is what happened with Alan. So he, he charges people $2,000 per hour. He had 200 hours with Anna. That's $400,000. And he was banking, like he was making bankroll because everything he did as her representative was anything she would have started making on that money, he would have been getting from as well. But yeah, yeah. I also, funny that you said that. I also wrote that that note as well, that when her and Vivian were talking, she's like, guys yeah. like, she literally said, guys like Alan are fine. They are. And she's like, you know, the fathers, the sons, or sorry, the backtrack she kind of had said my father I think my father wanted sons and my 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 brother was a genius but all men underestimate women and then Anna that's like as you said men do far worse things that she has allegedly done but men goes men go upwards all the time and that like she knew that so she had no remorse over how she kind of used him in it. Mm-hmm. And the thing too about um, Alan did lose his reputation. Like he, he probably yeah. lost a lot of friends along the way. Um, but credibility. And, it, it, like it was his credibility. I think that was hurt really, really. Oh, well, even at the racket court. Yep. He went to how often, but he always had the number one court. He'd walk in and they were like, oh, Mr. Reed, you know, number one's open for you. And, and then it pans to the two guys working there. And they said, he is a VIP. He will always have the number one court. And then everything blows up. And now he's like, oh, Mr. Reed, court number 12 is open for you. So then he has to walk past all these people Mm-hmm. down to the very last court so he went from the top to the very bottom which was ironic you know it 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 was it symbolized a lot of what was happening mm-hmm. and like the other thing that happened in here in terms of i mean she used a lot of people in high society um or in this like wealthy thing but she was so good at it and so good at demanding like it, it so and how do I work I want to lead up to the story but when she was kind of wooing Alan 
she's like show up to my like she drops an invitation like she kind of took a hard stance like she would she kind of went with Alan from almost like you need to listen to me not begging because she never begged but almost a borderline frantic without looking frantic because she was kind of catching him in hallways and this and that and he was just sharp hard-nosed businessman um like if this is the way you think business is done that's like another problem for me she turned it around she became the hard ass and kind of got cold with everything but then she would play him in and reel him in when it was good like when they were buying art and whatnot but she was still running her big circles and she was showing off to him she kind of they showed the scene where she was a little like flustered but at the end of the day she was she used that in her favor I think she almost kind of learned from Alan and started using his hard hard assed way and she talked herself into a jet for a weekend <laughs> with a whole bunch of people into this massively exclusive conference um and literally like those would have been criminal charges because she they, like they the reporters were like baffled in awe surprise I don't know what they were I think in awe is the best way but they're like Anna stole a jet <laughs> all of them ended up in the woman's washroom while poor Vivian's trying to go to the bathroom yeah and even Anna the guy stole a jet. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah I love that story because and they showed how she did it and she's just like she was kind of like cold dictatorish and like kind of how Alan treated her in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. But she met that person that owns that that plane at that party of hers that she yeah. was able to just swindle it. She had his business card. She sent him a te um, an email. And from there, it was, he forwarded it to his people and said, take care of her. Yeah, wasn't he at, at weren't they out for dinner? Because he liked her and she was like not even interested, but she played the game. She was throwing, the, she was throwing her party with, where she yeah. was begging Alan Reed to show up and he did. Yeah. So. And it just, it just snowballed from there. And then, yeah, she ended up taking his plane, which was like $35,000 just a one-way trip somewhere, and she had it for the whole weekend. Yeah, they went to Omaha. Omaha for Omaha. The, the Warren Buffett Conference. And then they, the other thing, too, in this episode that I thought was very interesting because we've now segued away from, uh, what was her name? Myrna. Not Myrna. Norma. Norma. Um, Nora. Was, Nora, yeah. Nora. So yeah. I'm like, my why don't I, I keep wanting to call her Myrna? Anyway, so she, she kind of went away, she broke up with Chase. Nora got the call regarding her credit cards and Anna disappeared from them. Well, she was living in it looked like one of those homes where like all the startup people live together. What do they there's a name for those. But like startups. really yeah, like a startup place, and there's just a bunch of people living together, and they alluded. Are you gonna to, do it? Do what? Who her roommate was? Yeah, because they alluded, <laughs> and I'm really curious to know if this is true or not, or if this is part okay. of the. Because Netflix says you know all parts of the story are true until except for the parts that are made up, and Anna Delby apparently did 
consult a little bit with Netflix on this. Anyways, they're they're showing who the, the thing is and they refer to this guy with a startup and he's talking about his investors and how she should, you know, get in on it. And she said, no, this is small scale. This doesn't sound appealing to me to go have a big party um, for whatever. And they were talking about Fire Festival. So it's the guy. Yeah. Apparently she Bill was Bill McFarland. Made... Yes. So I haven't watched Fire Festival. Now, segue into this. I, I've talked about it. I've heard a lot of other podcasts talk about it when it first came out. I'm more interested in it now because we can segue. <laughs> when we're done with Inventing Anna, we should talk about Fire <laughs> Festival. Like we're late to the game, but how it kind of relates in because, again, you and I are talking about, you know, Anna Delvey or Anna Sorokin and the story, you know, um, Monty's watching it. And as soon as you start Googling stuff, so I started Googling stuff research today for what our segue conversation is. And it wasn't Fire Festival for today, just FYI. But I just started Googling stuff about Anna and then I'm like, no, no stop. Like this isn't, you're not just here to read up on every little detail about her. Like don't, it's so easy to get caught up and go back and read stuff about her check out like I was on her Instagram and it's just very curious like she's so it, it, it's such an interesting thing that I I understand why people were so caught up in her and why this became a series and why Shonda Rhimes was probably like damn this is cool like not cool but like interesting and her life like so I was googling and trying to research um because one of the big things we noticed was again that we wanted to talk about in this one and that we shouldn't lose sight of is how she kind of always portrayed a certain air because she was this rich heiress from Germany she always mm -hmm. looked a certain way but how did she fund that because you can't tell, you know, um, the spa or your, that you're going to send them a wire transfer. Or if you're in Chanel, can you tell them you're going to send them a wire transfer? So how did she fund how she looked other than the money that she frauded from Nora? Because that's when her, her look kind of shifted, but it shifted again. So how, how did she afford... Like the nails, the pedicures, the manicures, the facials. Because I'm sure she looked a certain sort of way. Or she needed to go to those types of events with people when she was running in those circles. Credit card? Her own? I would say she'd have to. But that that is a really valid, good question because... How did she start? How yeah, do you like, start a con like that? If you have no money and you come from no money, how do you start? I mean, granted, the episode before when they, or maybe we haven't got to the episode yet, she always had a, a, a niche for fashion. So maybe she did have, like maybe her dad did, 
afford certain things because she was in the she was in Paris before she came to New York and she was in fashion school. So maybe she already had a good base of stuff. Mm -hmm. But how do you keep up with that, especially living the lifestyle and traveling the way they were? Right. I guess maybe Chase, because he said he spent a lot of money on her. Mm. So how much stuff did she charge? But like, so that's kind of what we want to talk about. And Angie, maybe you can lead this part of the conversation because I feel like I've been talking a lot. Sorry. <laughs> and, and jump well, in and change or add to anything. But we wanted to kind of just talk about like living a certain lifestyle and how, how expensive or how do people do it? Is it, do you give up one thing for another? Like, you know? How much do you pay for a haircut? Well, it depends. Depends on, like, I mean, I've just moved, so I'm, it's a little different here, but just a haircut, no color or anything, at least 60 bucks, okay. if not more. Once yeah. you start adding color or anything, or like if you start going to the fancier salons, you're lucky if it's anything less than 100 My hairdresser is like one of the best ones in Calgary. He does a lot of the flames wives. Yeah. He he is phenomenal and I can't go anywhere else because I have that ridiculously super thick coarse hair and I have natural waves and a lot of cowlicks that go in all different directions and he is able to tame the craze like it he's able to do whatever he's he's got a lot of magic hands uh working for him with my hair um so yeah i do pay for his services because of of who he is and I, it's just the way it is i don't color my hair anymore i quit doing that uh two years ago so i've got the silver coming through pretty strong now and whatever uh so i cut the cost down a lot but i looked into the cost of like just a plain old haircut to getting it colored compared to boston i use boston because i do have a friend in boston who uh she has um, a style and she she looks like she could go and have lunch with Anna like she is like up there so she um, I sent her a message and just asked her like how much do you pay and everything else and do you have friends that get you know a little tuck here and there and everything else so she was going to get back to me she never did which is fine. I did, I did my homework here in Calgary, but uh, just a plain, plain cut is $65 for a, to add a color is about anywhere from 60 to a hundred dollars on top of the cut. Mm -hmm. And I was going, I did my taxes this past week. And I saw a couple of the uh, visa bills and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, and like, I know some friends that, you know, I won't say names, 
but will you like that do filler or Botox? I've heard of it. And they'll be like, oh, I just get like, you know, maybe, you know, this or that. They've got a budget. They have a limit. They go in and they do it once or twice a year. But that's anywhere yeah. from three to six hundred dollars. Ex- I was just going to say that's exactly how much it is. But did you know that Botox and fillers only last three to four months? Yeah. So if you're, if you start, you know, that's exactly it. And that's why some of them make, they manage it. They go like every quarter, once a quarter or twice a year, depending on what they're doing or how much. Cause again, they're not in it. They just do it as a maintenance thing or whatever the case, no judgment, but you know what I oh. mean? Like they live it, they work it into their lifestyle and their budget to get what they can. And then just, so I've not done that yet or I don't know if I will or not I trust me I've thought about it but there are certain skin cares that I like if you start using high-end retinols and serums and whatnot well those are just hundreds of dollars on their own just to yeah. buy skin care yeah let alone I like to so again getting your hair done and there are some people that are meticulous and routine with like how often like the low maintenance person here I don't do it often enough probably in some people's minds um but like just if you get your nails done how often do you have to get your nails done how often do you change them how often do you fill how often do you change the color do you get a pedicure do you do spa days do you get facials do you go for massage is massage therapeutic or medicinal for you I can honestly say I spent 23 years with artificial nails. I had acrylic nails. I quit putting them on when COVID started because I couldn't get in. And then I got used to not having the nails on. And I then, of course, broke my leg. I, whatever. And well, then, and then doing the work you do now, you probably don't want those nails. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, Linda has uh acrylic nails and you know she's like oh my god look at do they get glitter all over them (laughs) it's the acetone that we use you see whenever oh yeah so when i work with acetone i wear gardening gloves instead of rubber gloves because it eats the rubber gloves while they're on your hands Ouch. And they're disintegrating, yeah, right in front of you. So I quit doing that and I haven't had uh, a nail fill in over two years because the first, last time was the last day of February 2020. So there goes. I was paying $55 every two, two and a half weeks. $55. Yeah, and then think and, about like people, so th- there's that, and then think about people who will get microblading for their eyebrows done or do the laminating because now eyebrows are part of high fashion or just everyday fashion if they don't look a certain way. So everyone's into microblading. That's, I'm, I believe mother. most people are like four or $500. Laminating is similar. So you're, you're doing $55 for your nails every Say, how long was that again? Every two weeks. So people are doing eyebrow laminating. I believe that's monthly. Lashes. The, the fake lashes. eyelashes. The, or, that's or, 70 to $80 every two and a half, three weeks. It, well, then and depending you on what you're facials. doing. Well, and with, yeah. let me go back to lashes because I have a little lash. I've done, 
I've done the full extensions where you go and put them on and then you get your fill. So the first set, it's a couple hundred bucks. And then the fill is like 45 or more every two weeks or vice versa, or sorry, not vice versa, but opposite is not um, extensions, but your own falsies or different, Mm -hmm. different at home, home lash kits. And then those are just as pricey, just in a different way, because it's a different procedure for putting them on. So there's that. And then, as I said, extensions for eyelashes, extensions for hair. So if you're buying extensions for your hair. Yeah. Tanner's girlfriend, uh, she buys hair for her when she's putting in braids. Mm, Yep. You know, she puts in her braids and everything else. And so I'm like, do you do fun colors, you know, because... And she goes, no, she goes, I, I tried and it just looks ridiculous on me. I look like a child. And I'm like, oh, okay. But, um, you know, like going back, facials, 75 to $100. Um, massages, I go because I have to go get massages. I yeah, don't get to go and too. get the nice, relaxing sound, the, you know, the sounds of the ocean going, you know, I'm going in and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right there. Yeah. Me too. But so my mother did get her eyebrows microbladed. She's 75 years old. She finally got some eyebrows. (laughs) Nice. I know. The thing with my mom, she really doesn't have a lot of uh, hair. Like she's never once shaved her armpits. She has never once shaved her legs. And if you feel her legs, they're smooth as babies. Like there's, she, she just doesn't have hair. Doesn't have hair. Wow. It's, it's the indigenous, I would say, because she has a thick head of hair and everything. I definitely get her, her side because my hair is so thick and coarse. And my dad was pretty much bald and very fine baby hair right from day one. So uh, I don't know how she's like, I'm like, you're so lucky. Like I wish she goes, yes, but look at you. You have eyebrows. I'm like, yeah, I do have eyebrows. She goes, I don't, I have to draw them in all the time. I'm like, she's yeah, like, I've seen sometimes you shouldn't have driven, drawn them on. because <laughs> You look, <laughs> yeah, but I did laser hair removal on my armpits my chin and my mustache well I've done some laser too over the years but I've got light hair so it works differently for me at the end of the day but that's still another service so that's not a cheap thing so whether you're doing lasers or um waxing or whatever your choice of hair removal is so again that goes into that whole spa area of you know the facials laser hair removal um, microblading, all of these other things. Like, do you go in and get other procedures? So not just Botox or fillers, but there's fillers. other like IPLs. There's other things like for dermatology or like face and skin and lifts that, you know, was she into that whole scene as well? Or was she just looking a certain sort of way as cheap as she could and put the money on these high designers because I, I was looking into like just a pair of Prada or Fendi sunglasses 
it's like $500 for one pair of like just basic like that's a Google search so you can only imagine a regular like for a business suit a regular Fendi black blazer that looked very basic I mean stylish very nice $4,000 some casual casual Dior and she was never Anna was never casual you know you're looking at a thousand dollars for an item like a t-shirt or a little mini skirt so when you started getting into the less casual it was three to four thousand dollars per item and like the fancy dresses and she was going to these cocktail parties and these other events those dresses were like six to ten thousand dollars how is she doing that and then like was she was she keeping up with the kardashians let's say um because honestly i loved her style yeah it was i I was like i love that i i was i was impressed with her style well you even mentioned those the glasses she wore there was a name for them um and they were popular in like kind of the finance world they weren't necessarily designer, the big chunky glasses she wore, but they were called yeah. the Celine glasses, I believe. Huh. And apparently at that time, they were meant to be, they were kind of popular with the business, the business women, the finance women. That's the look they were going for. So that's why she chose that route. Like it was a smart move for her to do that. So those ones were probably the least expensive things she was wearing. Wow. I called them the Buddy Holly glasses, yeah. but that, that ages me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that's, um, it, it's just interesting. So in New York, we're talking everything's escalated in price. Uh Yeah. Like, remember when we went to New York? Mm-hmm. That, that condo that we stayed at, it was like $400 a night. If it was here in Calgary, it would have been, you know, 150 maybe 200 Yeah, and it was, I mean, there was a lot of, it was in a good neighborhood and it was. You know, we could see the Hudson. But like uh, it was not river. And I mean we lucked out. It was actually quite a large apartment in all things considering. Yeah, there was five of us, so and everything. So Yeah, yeah and it's all the bedrooms and the beds and it, it made it like for us it was great. It was a good deal. But I yeah. mean living there, that would have been I don't know. I can't remember because I went back to New York, to New York a couple more times with Monty and Tanner, and we had a one bedroom uh, uh, hotel, and I remember going, "Oh my God, this is like, this is a disgusting hotel. Like the bed was so uncomfortable, everything about it." And I'm like, "We're paying three hundred and fifty bucks a night." And this is like, it was nothing to write home about, but it was across the street from, what's his name, that Saturday, not Saturday, uh, um, 
the Tonight Show. It was right across the street from the Tonight Show. We could, from our hotel room, see everything coming and going. Yeah. Yeah. And then another, we went back and we stayed in this really nice place. And we paid like half price. And it was like $200 a night because they were doing renovations in the kitchen. So there was no kitchen and it was like, no big deal. We, you know, we probably would never eat at the hotel we're staying at because there's too many other great restaurants to check out. So it worked out really well. And that was a half a block away from Central, Grand Central Station. So it was pretty cool that I really enjoyed it. And it was like a block away from the uh, very new opened Tim Hortons right because that was right when they had opened it like literally yeah, with, yeah. within months wasn't it yes and we Monty and I would walk down get a Tim Hortons they did not know how to make Tim Hortons coffee yet it was eh, whatever but Average. <laughs> it, yeah but it was cool because it was hey we're in New York and we're drinking Tim Hortons that was that was pretty cool yeah well and now it's like it's a little bit more common in a few more places now as well yeah yeah but the I one mean... thing i do remember is that their large well in calgary i used to always order an extra large two cream that was my the, that's what i always order there i ordered an extra large and it was like i needed two hands because they took it as almost like a 7-eleven big gulp it was humongous way better than the extra large here in Canada. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Definitely probably about 30% bigger. So that I guess that's kind of normal. Like yep. the the sizes are slightly different. Yeah from here to there and it always is yeah it mm -hmm. always is like and we used to go and eat at juniors and like there was absolutely no way monty and i could both eat a, a meal and you're not going to do a takeout uh doggy bag because you're going back to a hotel there is yeah. no, you know nothing so we'd always look at each other do you want to just share a meal he'd be like yeah there's and we would still not finish our meal yeah, like, especially if you're sharing a meal and if even if you just had, like, one little appetizer or each got a side salad and then a meal, mm -hmm. like, I remember since we're talking about that, like, we've kind of changed gears again, which is fine. But I remember being in Orlando for a Zuba convention and we went to, I think it was the, is it the Cheesecake Factory? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. The menu is the menu itself is just so big. And like when you got all the food, you're yeah, I was just like, where am I gonna put this all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was delicious, don't get me wrong, but the servings were just they were big. It was ridiculous actually. Uh, yeah. They were big. Did you, um, this is going to put some timelines to this. So uh, again, we're kind of um, publishing the episodes a week after, but did you see that uh, Amber alert that came in yesterday? Yes. I don't understand it though. Well, it's they, the it was children's the, parents. 
No, well, that part I don't know, but it was the the mother and the two children were, I believe, kidnapped. And I got the Amber Alert yesterday because they were in the Winnipeg, they they were thought to be in the Winnipeg area, and they ended up finding them, and it was BC Plates, and they ended up finding them in Kenora, Ontario, which is only a few hours away from Winnipeg. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. It was the kid's parent, dad. It was the dad and he kidnapped the mother and the two kids, I believe. Like by Whoa. force. I think the the mother was there too. So I'm not, I'm just glad everybody was found. But um, that kind of wanted me to segue to, um, there's another, I, I know you were, you had kind of looked up some information. But there's yep. a lady, um, Who just recently went Is missing? Is it Chelsea? I'm just trying to find my note on it. Okay. Because I have four people that are missing right now, all in the this month. Oh. Yeah. One is in Saskatchewan, and then the. Uh, and then two are in Winnipeg and Evanston. Okay, that's Saskatchewan also, is it not? Uh, where? Evanston. I'm not sure where that is. Oh, no, that's actually saying it's Calgary, Evanston. Oh, oh my goodness, this is Calgary. I feel, okay. Sorry. I, uh, I'm thinking a town but no Evanston is a community here in Calgary northwest so um, the one I found is um, Tracy Harper last seen March 17th 2022 in the Transcona area of Winnipeg which is literally my neighborhood just a little bit like kind of I'm considered Transcona like a subdiv I'm the next one over I think um 46 year old female 54 medium build short dark hair and was last seen wearing black leggings and a black wool coat hmm and just that last seen in her neighborhood or in transport neighborhood yep and that is it yeah oh 46 year old female so and that's like that's not that long ago um so would you be calling the winnipeg police service missing person unit yeah winnipeg police service missing persons unit at 204-986-6250 okay there the the police are concerned for her well-being and is asking anyone with information to call her whereabouts in Mm. yeah that's kind of scary isn't that oh um, so I have four missing people that are all in the month of March, 2022. So we've got Chelsea Kimach, Kimach. Uh, she's age 28, last, uh, last seen in Winnipeg. She is, last seen was March 3rd. Um, and she has no fixed address. Uh, in the city 
Again, she's 28 years old. She's 5'3", 120 pounds, thin build, long hair. Please contact the police services missing units. Uh, and Sean is giving you the number of 204-986-6250. If you call, you can rattle off this unit number, 322-14217. And I mean file number, not unit number, sorry. Uh, then we have um, a young woman named Renda Duck. She's 23 years old, last seen downtown Winnipeg. She was seen March 22nd in the 400 block of Kennedy on, that's all it says, Kennedy on. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Is that, that Ontario? Well, I'm thinking, but it's, saying Winnipeg oh. here so um, again she's age 23 frequent the west end and downtown areas of the city she's 5'3 130 pounds medium build no clothing description available duck had recently stopped accessing services and support staff and they are concerned for her mental and physical well-being her file number is 322-14028. And again, call, contact the police, Winnipeg Police Services. That's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. We have, now I'm looking at this guy's picture and they're saying he's 52. I would have put him at about 30. He, he does not look his age. North Battleford, Saskatchewan, last seen March 25th. So we're talking Friday. It's Sunday the 27th, and he hasn't been seen since Friday at 2.30. So um, he was last seen on the 900 block of 102nd Street B in North Battleford in from Payton, Saskatchewan. Average build, short brown hair, blue eyes, tattoos are a small Batman on left shoulder, wearing black gray jacket, no winter lining, black pants, work boots, and black toque. Health concerns that may make him appear disoriented or confused. So um, if you can contact the Maidstone RCMP, 306-893-4800 or North Battleford RCMP at 306-446-1720. And the last one, um, I was I was only going to do two, but they're so short. They don't have a lot of information, but at the same time, it's like these are this month. Uh, we have this young 13-year-old girl last seen here in Calgary. Her name is Indigo Cormier. Uh, last seen Thursday, March 24th at 2 p.m., leaving the Northwest community of Evanston. She's 5 foot, 110 pounds, slim build black long hair, brown eyes. She was wearing black framed glasses, a black sweater, black sweatpants, white Air Jordan running shoes, and a black Herschel backpack. Please contact the Calgary Police Services at 403-266-1234. And that is it. Yeah, um, as I was kind of listening to you and, and looking at some articles here, uh, adults, when adults are missing, 
there's different parameters because there is nothing against the law from an adult to just leave their family, stop contact with them and, and go on with their life if something is, you know, um, wrong. So it, it makes it interesting for like families and police, because if you don't know, again, not saying that missing people are just purposely just leaving. Um, that's not at all what I'm trying to say, but it, it makes it tricky for the police, I think, to really help and assist um, unless they know there's some sort of foul play, which is kind of sad. If they think, oh, everything was fine at home or whatever, it may not get the same attention unless something is wrong, which makes me wonder. And again, that's for adults, um, not children. So it's just, it, it's just interesting. The problem, the problem with this, though, is the police are going on what the people around are saying. Mm-hmm. There, there could have been like... Uh, a domestic situation of abuse and this young woman like I'm not saying names or anything but this person is like I'm out and Mm -hmm. she you know she literally takes off with the clothes on her back and whatever fun she's able to scrape up and she runs and she takes off and you know her boyfriend or husband or whoever she's with um is like we're fine. There was absolutely no reason for her to leave. I don't understand where she's gone. I think someone's taken her or she's, she's hurt herself or something's wrong. And then you know, eventually they find her and now she's like, no, you know, he beat the living out of me on a regular basis. I, yeah, I'm going to take off and run and hide. So yeah, there's many things. It, it, there's so many variables, but that's, it's um again i don't know why my brain just that that information just kind of stood out to me today um and it's important to know and share too um circumstance and situation uh again nobody going missing is easier or okay i guess unless they're not technically missing but relocating themselves on purpose true I don't know if that's the I, I have, part of, right? <laughs> I have been on the other side where I've had a family member go missing. And the first week we weren't even aware that he was missing because he was such a busy guy. He was always going all over the place. And he, he just had so much going on that would never have known. And then when we were aware that, no, all his friends are, you know, here and accounted for, and they're asking where he is, that's when we realized that, oh, there is something wrong here. And yeah, it, it wasn't a good outcome. Yeah, and this is the... one of my stepbrothers. Mm-hmm. And definitely the ones that when they go missing and it's out of their routine, something is unusual, um, that you, yeah. you worry about their safety or that their health is at risk. Um, yeah. You know, those are important things to keep in mind as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Did I even say his name? I did not even say the guy that is 52 years old. His name is Dylan Leslie William Hoffman. 
and again uh last scene 2 30 friday march 25th and where was he so he's in north battleford mm. and he's wearing a black gray jacket no winter lining black pants work boots and black a black toque and there is a chance that he has a medical pro, uh, issue that will make him appear disoriented. So, and that is all I have. Yeah, me too. Well, me too. We could consider this uh, a done deal. Give it a wrap. Of course. So, call it a, or give um, it a wrap no call it a wrap <laughs> call it a wrap um if you have any great stories can you please send it to let's talk more at gmail.com or send me a message on either instagram let's talk more podcast or even tiktok same name send me something i will gladly interact with you you will um uh i'm drawing a blank here i did uh reach out to someone who made me laugh and i'm she did re, uh, reply saying that she would gladly let me interview her so i am hoping tiffany has time in the near future i did ask linda if i could interview her and she was like knee jerk no I'm like, I won't put you on. Well, let me think about it. I'm like, oh my goodness. We just want to uh, know about Jalinda <laughs> and the business. And how you and so, Angie met. But no, this exactly. uh, Tif Tiffany sounds, her story, you, you shared the TikTok with me um, of what intrigued you about her. And I just think she'd be great to talk to. We'd love to hear it. I think everyone would probably enjoy listening to it. Yes, she does have a TikTok also. I don't know what the name of it is, but uh, I will reach out to her and do an interview with her and we can go from there. So if you have nothing else to talk about, I have nothing else to talk about. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I've uh, got a big road trip ahead of me tomorrow. I've got some packing to finish doing. So I think uh, th that's what I'm going to go do. Okay, well... Um, have a good day, everyone. Make good choices, and I will see you next week, baby. Bye, everyone. Bye.